2015, Vladimir Putin's number one public enemy, Boris Nemtsov, was shot and killed in front of the Kremlin. I'm Ben Rhodes, writer and co-host of Pod Save the World, and I'm teaming up with Boris's daughter, journalist Jana Nemsova, to tell his story in Cricket Media's new podcast, Another Russia. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. for you, a couple new songs, but with this next song we take you just over there to Manhattan, 42nd Street. We used to call it the Zoo. Hey, this is Patrick Radden Keith, the host of Wind of Change, and that's Klaus Meine, lead singer of the Scorpions. This is a few weeks ago, in mid-September, at the UBS Arena this brand-new stadium on Long Island. The Scorps are still constantly touring, and when we heard they were going to be in town, we decided to do a little bonus episode for Wind of Change listeners, prompted in part by the war in Ukraine. So we're doing this episode to raise some money to support the people of Ukraine. And I'm here with my friend Michael. You remember Michael, right? He was sort of the genesis of the original podcast. A big fan of the finished product, too. Yeah, disappointing. It was disappointing. It felt like at the end you were rushed. You wanted to get it out there. Not true. Yeah, well, that's not the we way. We had all the time in the world. That, well, no, you didn't. I said you needed to continue. You could not put this thing out until you came to some type of resolution. We weren't going to come to a resolution. We were. We, were. we, we totally weren't. were. You were close, man. It was from the very follow ups. close. You were, there were follow ups. Like I hated the Klaus Mine interview. I thought you did a horrible you job. You didn't hate it. At the time, you liked it. <laughs> I no, know you did. I didn't like it. Why not? I just didn't. I didn't think you liked it. You didn't he, believe he him. He was so not telling you the truth. We heard a rumor that there was some kind of connection between the CIA and your band. No. Have you ever heard anything like no. that? No. No? No. No. You've never heard that? Never heard that. Connection In all these years. Between the CIA some kind of connection. and the band. And then there were people that you didn't interview that you should have interviewed. Like who? I don't know. Like, I have a list. <laughs> I literally to, have a list. You'll have, to, you'll have to give that to me. But anyway, my point is, is that you kept telling me like it's over. I got to move on. Like we're That's not, not going to come to conclusion. Saying. No, no, no. We're not coming to conclusion. And yes. then it's just what I was saying is this like, is, you know, a, this you, is an unknowable thing. And, I don't I, and agree to this with you. day, it's funny because because I, I go around, I go around, I you know, talking about my book or whatever, and people will come and say. At the end, people always say, "What do you really think?" And it's not that I have a I, – I, I listen to that Klaus Meine interview and one day I think he's telling the truth and the next day I think he's lying. Yeah. No, he's lying. It's not that he's lying. He's withholding truth. No. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> You've never heard this? No, I never heard Are that. Are you surprised? I, I'm very much surprised. Yeah. Tell me the story. I don't <sighs> – Yeah, he is. I'm just not sold. And Doc, Doc was McGee, definitely yeah. lying. Nobody likes the fucking king. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> they want to chop the fucking head off the king. I mean, I think there seems to be fairly That was uniform the most frustrating agreement. conversation that was recorded Why? Um, between you and I. I just want to understand the origins of this whole thing and the Make a Difference Foundation. So this grew out of your plea deal? Yes. The Make a Difference Foundation did. Uh-huh. Okay. But... Had no connection or anything with this with the Moscow Music Peace oh, Festival. Really? I brought it over. I I put it involved when we did the tie in between the East and the West because the Make a Difference program was to help 
kids on, on alcohol and drug abuse uh-huh. that I formed after my plea deal with, with the government. I was disappointed given your thoughtfulness your skill set when it comes to investigative... You mean um, in general. Just in general. <laughs> like thinking about you <laughs> generally, I was disappointed in the sense that it was just so obvious that he was lying. Um, and then you were trying to tell me like, yeah, this is just how stuff happens. Like, you know, people go into the back room of the judge's office and be like, yeah, let's bring Bon Jovi to the high school <laughs> and get him out of prison. Yeah, no, I that's remember just your frustration. That's just absolute just, nonsense. I'm glad that we can clear the air here. You, could, you know, you can, go, you can leave a one-star review. <laughs> I did. No, <laughs> It's funny, we released the podcast in May 2020, which turned out to be a great time to put out a bingeable digital product that people can listen to at home. It was still early pandemic, but right at the point in lockdown when we were starting to realize that this was not going to be like a two-week thing, that it actually might be indefinite. People were getting sick of their spouses, sick of their roommates. They'd already finished the Tiger King. And while Michael's only half-joking here, He's still legitimately pissed that I wasn't able to Woodward and Bernstein this conspiracy he 100% believes is real. Part of the fun of the afterlife of the podcast has been hearing from listeners with all these reactions and alternative theories. We've heard from musicians and metal fans and former diplomats and spooks and musicologists and Cold War historians and the full range of tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists. Some people are convinced Wind of Change was definitely a CIA op. Others are convinced it wasn't. Others still think maybe the Moscow Music Festival was an influence op, but not the song. Everyone thinks there's something fishy about Doc McGee. But one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is the last time I saw the Scorpions in concert, which was at the Sports Palace in Kyiv back in 2019. This was for episode two of the podcast. And at the time, I was so struck by the way Ukrainian fans connected to the song Wind of Change and its message of freedom from oppression. Said the wind of change, they, they created this song as far as he remembered because the Soviet Union was about to apart and it was like wind of change to, that blows into something like a fire of evil. Wind of change always felt like one of those time capsule songs, a song that's just very linked in the popular imagination to an extremely specific moment in history, a song about the past. But it doesn't feel that way today. Since this past February, when Russia invaded Ukraine, the song has taken on a whole new relevance. Once again, it's been name-checked and played as this anthem of hope, as a battle cry for humanity in the face of tyranny and oppression. After the war started, Klaus Meine actually changed the lyrics of the song, doing away with the famous line, I follow the Moskva down to Gorky Park, because he feels that they romanticize Russia He replaced them with the very Klaus, now listen to my heart, it says Ukrainia. Right after the invasion started in the spring, there was this anonymous Russian whistleblower who purportedly works for the FSB, the successor to the KGB, and issued a series of letters that were harshly critical of Vladimir Putin and the war. There are no hopes for a victory in Ukraine, one of these letters said on March 14th. The whistleblower predicted, back in the spring, that the invasion would be a military disaster for Russia. And on the basis of the past few weeks, with Ukrainian forces making stunning gains, reclaiming territory, to a point where Putin was forced to call for a partial mobilization, that prediction seems 
pretty on point. Of course, the Kremlin might claim that this anonymous whistleblower was itself a PSYOP, pro-Ukrainian propaganda. But what interests me is the pseudonym that this person chose to adopt, the Wind of Change. So Wind of Change knew that these letters would be publicized, and of course, he's taken the necessary precautions to keep his cover. Wind of Change from inside the FSB began to accelerate leaking insider information. That's Igor Sushko, who translated a series of communiques from the whistleblower, the so-called FSB letters. Because there's this objective that you can clearly deduct from these letters, and that is to help the West understand this enigma that is Putin and the Kremlin and Russia. He started an organization in Washington, the Wind of Change Research Group. As a charitable initiative, they sell rubber wristbands that are blue and yellow and say, Wind of Change. When the Scorpions play the song in concert now, they unfurl these huge blue and yellow Ukrainian flags. And Klaus expresses his solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And fans take videos on their phones. And the clips go viral. So what are we doing here? We are, um, we are at the... UBS Arena, which is kind of a new... Yeah, it's a new spot. It's a new uh, stadium, primarily for hockey in Long Island. The Long Island Islanders play here. And, uh, We're in this incredibly pimped-out box that Michael has somehow secured for us through his connections to something called Canaccord. I assumed it had something to do with legal weed, which Michael is heavily invested in, but it turns out to be a Canadian investment bank. He's on their board. whole time I thought it was a cannabis thing, it's a cannabis thing. It has nothing to do with cannabis. Um, and, this yeah. is their box. It's a very nice box. Very this nice is box. their box. When we went to Ukraine in 2019, it wasn't some hugely deliberate choice. We were just looking for an interesting place to see the band, ideally in some part of the former Soviet Union. But since the invasion, I can't count the number of times I've thought about that concert and the people we talked to while we were tailgating in front of the sports palace before the show. There were those two big, beefy, jolly guys, Sergei and Yuri, drinking vodka and 7-Up and singing Rocky Like a Hurricane. You uh, and me. Wind of change. Uh, <laughs> hurricane! And that group of young fans who'd driven 10 hours all the way from Odessa just to see the show. It was impossible to look at Kiev now, preparing to defend itself and not think of how happy and warm and hopeful everyone was that night. After the show, we stopped for a beer and a hot dog with Roman, the Ukrainian journalist who was interpreting for us, and the whole city just felt totally vibrant, full of young people. It's been awful to watch this incredible place get torn apart, and inspiring to witness the courage of the Ukrainian people in rising up and fighting back. But so many people are still suffering across the region, and this felt like an opportunity for us to do something, to help in some small way. Yeah. We are all going to uh, donate, that is, Pineapple Street, Crooked Media, and Spotify, and also Canaccord. We would encourage you to please do so, give anything you can. We're donating to United24, a global initiative to support Ukraine that was launched by President Vladimir Zelensky. They raise funds for a number of different purposes, some of them specifically tied to the military and the war effort, but the funds we're donating are for medical aid. 
We've put more details about United24 in the show notes, along with a link so that you can make a donation too. My name is Lesia. I'm from Ukraine. I live in Kiev. Before the concert, Michael reached out to an organization that has been resettling Ukrainian refugees in New York City to see if there were any families that might want to come to the show. So we're here with Lesia and her twins. Uh, and my children, these two children, Nikolai and Stefania. They're twins? They're 12. Lesia's from Kyiv. She fled the country after the invasion, while her husband stayed to fight. Uh, my husband, military. My husband... Um, so you had to stay? Uh, yeah, yeah. My husband... Lesia explains that she crossed into Slovakia with the kids and drove all the way to Warsaw, where she caught a flight to the U.S., She now lives in a donated apartment in the East Village. Her kids are in New York City public schools. They're all learning English. The war has been brutal for her family. My my cousin from live Russian. My cousin from Moscow and live Moscow. No speaking. No speaking. No call me. No call me. I call. Please, please help. Please understand my situation. No. Information TV, information uh, Salavyov, information Russian TV, this is big, big problems. But as it turns out, she's a Scorpions fan. Oh, yes, this is Scorpions. I, I, I go to Scorpions concert this Ukrainian. Wow, yes, but you've already seen them play there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, this is the best. This is surprise, my friends. This is, I know. We're also busy chatting that we almost missed the big moment and have to scramble to get outside as the band starts Wind of Change. What? I think we should go out. We're going out. We're going out. I'm going to leave this right here. Patrick! That one, it's that one, it's that one. This is Wind of Change. It's a good crowd. Scorpions fans show up. And Klaus is bellowing out the song, giving it everything he has, prancing around the stage in that ageless, elfin, very sincere way of his. And the jumbo digital screens are awash now in the colors of the Ukrainian flag. And I look over at Lesia, who has been having a blast all evening, just letting her hair down and dancing and singing along. And as the band plays Wind of Change, She's sobbing. My wife, Justina, is with us, and she goes over and gives Lesia a hug, and we all stand there, swaying to the music. And I'm reminded again that whatever you believe about the origins of the song, and whether it's true art or a CIA psyop or just a catchy metal ballad, it has this power that is undeniable. I think these days, maybe especially as Americans, we're not used to relating to music in this kind of direct sincere, sentimental way. But part of the reason it's believable that Wind of Change might have been propaganda 
or that some people at the CIA might have wanted to take credit for it, is that it had such a sweeping emotional impact on the people who listened to it. Watching Lesia react to the song, I feel like I can better understand how all this lore has come to surround it. Wow. Um, that was intense. was intense. Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's funny as like, <laughs> nobody's more cynical than me, but I, you know, I find that I'm, I'm moved by it. I don't know. Thank you for tuning in to this bonus episode. As I mentioned, we're all making donations to United24. And if you could please do the same in whatever amount you're able, it would make a real difference to the people of Ukraine who have gone through unimaginable suffering over the last eight months. We've made it super easy for you. Just click the link in the show notes and make a donation today. A big thank you to Michael Stender Auerbach and to Canaccord Genuity for providing the suite. A particular thanks to Lesia for coming out and sharing her story with us. And to everyone at Pineapple Street Studios, Crooked Media, and Spotify. This episode was produced by Natalie Brennan and Henry Malofsky and edited by Joel Lovell. I'm Patrick Radden-Keefe. So long.